welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 160, The Power of Kroll. My name is John and joining me every time we are probably both very exhausted is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, um, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm back in a much more temperate and not humid climate, and I love it. Oh, I bet. So much. How was the trip? It looked oh, like fun the from what i The trip was great. Yeah, the trip was so much fun. Everybody had a good time. Um, the kids are exceptional flyers. Um, but yes, it was hot. It was humid. It was fun. We got to spend more time there. We got to visit more things. Um, I will, I'll just put in, um, I don't know, I guess a plug for the museum of Appalachia, uh, in, uh, Clinton, Tennessee. Um, it's really kind of a neat place. I actually have, um, kind of a, like a mega thread pinned to the top of my Twitter profile right now, because um, not only is there just some just neat bits of history um, in this place. And I love how all the signs are actually really just neatly handwritten. And if there's a story that goes along with it, it's all literally typewritten from a typewriter. Um, But there's a bunch of just really weird, unusual like straight up oddities or like here's a bench from a church where two families were having a feud and here's blood on this thing. And there's a bunch of murder stuff. And um, so if, if you want a little bit of entertainment, go to my uh, Twitter profile, blue box UFO and look up at the top there where I've got it pinned. It will be uh, uh, it will be a hoot as they might say a hoot. A hoot, a hoot indeed. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Excellent. And if you're in Tennessee, go check out that museum. It actually is a lot of fun. Well, if I'm ever, ever in that neck of the woods, I for sure will do that. And then go check out some micro wrestling. Yes, apparently so. Some <laughs> micro wrestling. Um, How are you? I am. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, okay. Work. Work is uh, kicking my butt right yeah. now uh i had a very long day i had i think a 12 hour day today oh boy which started at uh six in the morning so wow yeah we're doing a little bit of a move but um it's mostly done hopefully for a little bit um nice. fingers crossed but uh other than that um i am full on in um oh you know what that can go into our who news i'm full into um San Diego Comic-Con mode. Yes, that's right. That's coming up very uh, shortly here, isn't it? It's, it's basically next week. Oh, look. Oh, I, okay. I just went into my uh, my my email here, and I'm still just receiving 8,000 8, San Diego Comic-Con emails. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm basically preparing for that. Um, also, uh, now that I just realized that, um, I got an email from the BBC... And I am trying to find it so I can include it into our Who News, and I have found it. Excellent. So, um, I mean, let's get into the Who News. Should I just rattle off this this email I just got? Yeah, please do. So it's from the BBC Studios, and uh, BBC Studios brings, and this is in all caps, 
brings virtual reality signings, fan art competition reveal, and exclusive Doctor Who merchandise from BBC Shop to BBC Americans San Diego Comic Con booth. Oh, boy. Wow, I hope it's written better than you read it. It's not. Um, oh. uh, so it, they're going to have the uh, the Edge of Time. The, oh, cool. uh, the VR uh, Oculus Rift thing going on there. They're going to have that, and you can, uh, you know, hang out and and check it out so uh maybe i'll play my first vr thing ever yeah well you'll have to report back if nothing else yeah it doesn't come out till september apparently so that's kind of cool um they're gonna have some signings uh kelly yates is gonna be there um best known for uh his work on doctor who comics for both titan and idw okay um pretty cool there and um richard dinnick is going to be there oh, too. Yeah. Yes, we know Richard Dinnick. We do from many trips to Galley. Yes, so he'll be there, and then they're bringing a bunch of Comic Con exclusive items. They're going to have the Pating Funko Pop. I saw that. That's cute. Which is, uh, I'm definitely going to have that. Um, <laughs> there's a Rainbow Fleece pullover, a blue Tardis tumbler, um, what a, a Rainbow Galaxy shirt. But here's my favorite uh, item that I might just buy just because of the name. Police box pants. <laughs> are, they, are they bigger on the inside? I don't know. <laughs> it, it says it's a BBC shop exclusive. Um, I have not looked at these police box pants, but I just think that is uh, very funny. Oh, boy. Um, and then they're going to have the uh, fan art t-shirt winner design there. Cool. I'm going to have Excellent. all... They're going to have not only the winner, they're going to have the runner-up one, two, three, and four. Oh, boy. And a noodle bowl with chopsticks? I don't know what that is. Sure. A pating pin, 13 pin, mini backpack, mini doctor, 13th doctor costume wallet. Oh, steampunk tattoos. Oh, those are temporary tattoos. So a lot of stuff going on at uh, the BBC booth over at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. If y'all are going, I will be there. The entire weekend, and I'll probably be just, um, do you remember the secret world of Alex Mack? I do. It'll probably be like that. All right. A a television show. No, I'll just be a puddle of whatever she turned into. (laughs) So there you go. I'll stop talking for a little while. We got some other Who News. Taylor, take it away. Yeah, we do. Definitely. You know, everybody knows the Big Finish is celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. And as such, on um, July 20th and 21st, so just about 10 days from now, um, they are doing a 20-hour broadcast um, on YouTube. Uh, It won't even be the Big Finish YouTube. It's going to be streamed on the actual, like, bbc's doctor who youtube channel this is this is big and awesome this is like a a real proper like embracing of uh big finish by the bbc to to be on their channel because i'm sure as awesome as big finish is um you know the bbc's doctor who channel probably has um quite a few more subscribers so this is going to expose them to uh, some of the amazingness that is big finish so if you i don't know have nothing to do or really just want to ignore work for a while on the 20th and 21st of july you can tune into the bbc doctor who youtube channel and watch a bunch well listen to a bunch of big finish that's very cool that's super cool yeah it's it's you know it's big finish got to support the memory any way we can because they do amazing stuff 
Yes, they do. Always. Um, and and speaking of which, we actually are getting a limited edition um, Fourth Doctor story uh, from them on vinyl. Really? Yes. Uh, it lands on Friday the 19th. Huh. Um, so the 20th, 21st, hey, it's going to be a weekend. You guys can just spend all weekend on the YouTube. Yeah. Um, however, you can only get it in the UK and only at Sainsbury stores. Well, what's the point then? <laughs> oh, that looks cool, too. Yeah. It's Wave of destruction. Kind of, um, they call it Ocean Swirl. Yeah. Uh, I like the vinyl that. pattern there. And they're only pressing 1,500 copies. Ooh. Yeah. Better get you some of that. It's good stuff, although I, I, I think of Sainsbury's as just being a grocery store, and, and I could be wrong because I've, I haven't been inside one in about two decades. <laughs> so um, it seems like an odd place to get Doctor Who on vinyl, but who am I to judge? Very true. Who are you to judge, Taylor? Um, I, I am me, and yes, that is yeah, true. we're all together. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Indeed. <laughs> Although right now, after as much southern food as I've eaten, I kind of do feel like a walrus. I bet. So Tennessee, huh? Tennessee. Ooh. Would you, what was what was the best thing you ate there? That's what I want. Oh boy. Um, Let's get into it. There were some really good places to do fried chicken. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Um, I, I again wanted to try eating at a Waffle House, and we just didn't make it to a Waffle House. I was a little disappointed in that. Oh, you took a picture uh, of it, though. Yeah, I did take a picture of it because, yet again, I didn't get to eat there. Have we? Have uh, we? Sorry, again. Have we? Have we not been to Roscoe's when you've been down here? No. You want to go though, right? I totally want to go to Roscoe's. Okay, well, we're gonna figure that out. Okay, sounds good. Um, you know, last time we made it happen at um, uh, Randy's Donuts, so Roscoe's is next. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Excellent. Um, but best, I don't know. I'm 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 still a sucker for this little um, uh, chain of like biscuit places called Bojangles. Oh, okay. Um, so you can get you know chicken and biscuits kind of stuff i've yet to have like a good like tennessee barbecue place i really want a good barbecue place but you're only there so many days and really where we stay is pretty pretty darn rural we're about 10 Mm. minutes from the kentucky border so um yeah pickens is 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 uh it's what you get but there's some very good fried chicken out there well good good and on uh last sunday while i was in tennessee we marked the 100th birthday of John Pertwee. Yeah, that would have been nice to uh, if he was still here to celebrate with us. Um, Indeed. Very, uh, I mean, uh, honestly, just through watching watching uh, Pertwee episodes through um, our little podcast here, I have a much deeper appreciation for his work as the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess a little side note on that. Did you see that um, what John Pertwee's son said about playing the Doctor? Um, I I have seen what he said about playing on Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, not necessarily about playing the Doctor. I know that he, he would love to um, kind of be a part of it, but wouldn't want... He'd, he'd want to be a baddie. Yeah, I mean... Um, I think that'd be very interesting. I think it'd be super, uh, super cool to. I think that'd be a fun little uh, uh, holiday episode to do. 
Oh yeah, with absolutely. Him, him as the third and in doctor. fact, speaking of holiday episode, and I, I, I forgive me for not actually having um, a link or anything for the show notes, but I seem to remember um, seeing. Maybe it's just a rumor that we we might get a completely standalone episode of Doctor Who outside of season twelve before season twelve starts. Really? Uh, yeah. Again, I've been gone for a week. I've only been kind of catching up on news sparsely here, so I don't officially have a source. But I swear I remember reading that somewhere. And you I did. Don't think it was just a dream. Um, I have it from. Oh, let's go to Screen Rant. Um, let's, let's, oh, I can't let's stand screen rant. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, another time. <laughs> um, great news for Doctor Who fans season 12. Although, is there any, keep scrolling to read just how, who cares about that? So yes, apparently it is a rumor. <laughs> um, after that BBC announced fans 2020. So, yep. Look at that. No, no news for, from screen rant. Okay. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Treat it as a rumor and don't click on clickbaity titles. Sooner than expected is what it says uh, with a, with an episode. That's all it says. Stand alone before the show starts, and that's all they said. So maybe a Christmas episode. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. I'd be fine with it. I'm cool. I would be absolutely just fine with that. You know what else I was fine with? This week's episode. Nailed it. Indeed. The Power of Kroll, starring Tom Baker as the Doctor, Mary Tam as Romana. John Leeson was in this episode? He was. As Dugin? Uh, Dugin? Dugin. Neil McCarthy as Thawne, and John Abeneri? That's how I would pronounce it. Hey, and then that means it's correct as uh, Ranquin. Uh, It was written by Robert Holmes and directed by Norman Stewart. It first aired December 23rd, 1987, through the new (laughs) year. Did I say 87? I did say 87. You did say 1978. Oh, boy. 1978, folks. It was a year that I'm not familiar with. Uh, Through the new year uh, into January 13th, 1979. And it is the fifth story of season 16. And we're just traveling along that key to time. That sweet, sweet key to time. And we'll get into it. Almost through it. But before that, we have some uh, fine story notes from the fantastic folks over at TARDIS Wikia. So, Taylor, take it away. Yeah, indeed. Working titles for this story included Moon of Death, uh, Horror of the Swamp, which I kind of like, and The Shield of Time, which I think was a Zelda game. It might have been, yes, or an upcoming I, I don't think there was a shield anywhere in this story, though, so I don't know how that works. I think, I, I mean, if we're just going to jump way ahead, I think the thing he's holding at the end, which is the fragment or the segment, it kind of, sort of, not really could resemble a shield. But, I mean, that's a stretch. Yeah, it's a stretch, but I'll allow it. Yeah. Um, and and the, the folks at TARDIS Wikia finally say it should be noted that this final working title was part of a short-lived idea that all stories in Season 16, as you and I have talked about, John, were going to be entitled The Something of Time, with <laughs> the last story, which will be our next episode, The Armageddon Factor, simply named The Key to Time. Huh, that would have been interesting. Um, yeah. You know, I did... There was, I think, one point where they... They uh, mentioned a blood rock, and I thought that would be a working yes. title. 
They literally said a stone of blood. Stone of blood. I think I said, hey, I wonder if that's a working title uh, somewhere in my notes. Uh, maybe for uh, two stories ago. Hmm. Huh. But um, I, I would have gone with the, the giant squid of time. Oh, that would have been nice. Yeah. We could just play a game show. The something of time. Fill in the blank. It's <laughs> Mad Libs. That'd be great. Um, so, yes, John Leeson is in this episode as Dugin, partly because the location of the story rendered the use of canine completely unfeasible. And this does mark Leeson's only on-screen appearance in Doctor Who. Well, and, that, of course, he dies. Yes, that is, uh, that is very interesting. Um, I apparently just did not realize that. And then when he at the end of the, the story, he's like, oh, K-9, get back. I'm like, wait, what? K-9 was, was here? Yeah, I started watching this on the flight home. So somewhere over McAllister, Oklahoma, I started episode one and finished it about the time we got to the Four Corners. Mm-hmm. Um, and by episode two, I was like, oh, that's right. John Leeson's in this story. I wonder what role he's playing. And then they cut back to like the the control room and they're all in there. I'm like, oh, that's totally a young John Leeson. He doesn't have glasses <laughs> on, so I was totally confused. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, so the BBC's head of serials, Graham MacDonald, was so unimpressed by the set designs in the story that he ordered uh, uh, that designer Don Giles was never to work on the series again. And by coincidence, part three includes a line of dialogue in which the doctor criticizes the decor of the Swampy's execution chamber and recommends its architect be fired. <laughs> wow. That's Dang. uh that's some great insider information yeah. there. That's um wow. What did, did I like any of the sets? I I think I was like I that looks fine. I don't know. I put control room nice. That's about control all room nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some actually some of the sets um especially uh for the for the swampies is is actually very dark. So I don't know if it was just like look the set is terrible. Let's turn the lights down and hope nobody notices or just mm. what Oh boy. Yeah. Um, our last two notes, I love both of them a lot. So let me get into them. The green makeup for the Swampies was uh, specially ordered, not from the folks at the Jolly Green Giant, but they were mm. ordered from Germany. Um, unfortunately for the actors, the special solvent needed to remove the makeup wasn't ordered at the same time. And so they had to undergo chemical showers at RAF Bentwaters. Now, oh. RAF. That base, Bentwaters, is famously known uh, to those of those familiar with a 1980 UFO flap called the Rendlesham Incident. Yeah. Because <laughs> Rendlesham and Bentwaters are next door to each other. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. So this is obviously what I'm focusing on. Or they had to have their skin scoured in the hotel. Yeah. Uh, many had a green tinge to their skin for weeks afterward. Ugh. Yeah. The, uh, man, Rendlesham, huh? Yeah, I uh, I mean, uh, one of my favorite podcasts just did, I, I believe, a two-parter of it. That's It's some uh, fascinating stuff. Last podcast? Yes, last podcast yeah. just did it. Yep, they did a good one on uh, Randlesham. They did an, a really good one on Skinwalker, oh, too. Oh, my goodness. Their Skinwalker one's very good. I'm, I took two books with me on my trip. One was The Mothman Prophecies, and the other one was Hunt for the Skinwalker. Nice. And I am almost done with Hunt for the Skinwalker. I finished the other one. Uh, while I was out there. 
Nice. Very cool. Um, and lastly tonight, uh, T.P. McKenna, who we know as the captain from the greatest shows of the galaxy, was actually offered to play the role of Rankin. Really? Yes. Now, wow, that's very interesting. It would have been a, a much younger looking T.P. McKenna, of course. Yes. Yes, it would have. Huh. Very very interesting. Yeah, I thought that was very neat. Huh. I'm just going to ponder that for the rest of the episode. But okay. while I'm while I'm doing that, Taylor, you have a world-famous synopsis for us, so uh, let's uh, get to it. All right. Well, while searching for the fifth piece to the key to time, the Doctor and Romana find themselves in a classic story of an invasive force subduing the natives to rape the land for resources, while a quaint little squid happens to gobble up the piece of the key of time and, well, I guess in turn starts a religion. I mean, that's usually how it happens. Right. That's... Squid meets time thing. Squid eats time thing. People worship giant squid. Yeah, yada yada yada. You basically, know. um. So I mean, basically, yeah. You said it. Army, army people building on a planet that isn't theirs. Native people are all mad, and then there's a scary monster god. Got it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. That's right. Oh, and they brought the curl thing here in the first place. Apparently, yeah. Wow. Um, I love the that the running gag of Romana says something and the doctor repeats it as if it's his own suggestion. I think that I like that. That's still going, going along here. Yep. Always got to love that. Those are good. Um, I, I think, uh, at some points, Taylor, uh, in, in the story, I kind of was like, Oh yeah, this is part of the key to time. I feel like I've done that in the past two, two episodes we've watched. Well, yeah, I mean, I think in this story, we have, like, like getting the key to time is worked into the story a little bit more. It's not something that's kind of brushed aside in the first seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have a story over here. Um, it's a little more integral to everything. And I, and I think the story benefits uh, from that, as opposed to last episode, where we're like, eh, it's a story. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's very true. Um, we got to... I'm skipping everything. We got to talk about this this music. We got to talk okay. about... Okay, yes, please. We have to talk about... Uh, somebody... Whoever was supposed to notify me that this, uh, this episode had a certified banger in it for literally, I want to say, like, half of an episode. I, I, I mean, this puts this just way up on my list just because this song was they're like dropping the beat in this song they they really are this this kroll chant is um fantastic it's it's got a it does have a great beat to it i i would love more than anything if if any of our listeners are talented enough to kind of create music on the fly using some pretty simple samples uh, please let's get like the trap remix of Kroll. i mean um, if i was talented enough this would be our new theme song oh my god if i I'd could be, if i could put it together this would be our new theme song look i could probably take like a Kroll chant and an existing song that somebody else has already done <laughs> And kind of put them together, but that would simply be me just 
fitting it to someone else's beat. I would love more than anything is for someone who's got some musical talent behind the laptop, I guess. Yeah. Um, to really, cause I, I can, I can just hear it just working crawl <laughs> up until it's like a quarter time, you know, or an eighth time hit. And then just this drop some quote from, some other character in the episode and then just straight back into the jams. Yeah. And I would be, um, four windows down and volume way up on that. <laughs> yeah, I would. Um, so this, this is our call. This is our call to the masses. I would love, that. let's make the crawl banger a thing. Oh my goodness. I would love that. Um, I mean, besides that, um, I, I thought I heard some Tetris like music when they were traveling in the marsh at one point. I think it was in episode one. I was just like, what is happening here? Oh, I think, yeah, I think there were some unusual, for Doctor Who, unusual yeah. uh, musical choices made. A lot of it was still kind of that classic um, music that we've heard in earlier episodes in the in this greater series. Right. Uh, but, yeah, there, there were some very special choice pieces in uh, in this story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, where, where do, where do I want to go next? Uh, let's just talk about Kroll here because All right. let's first talk about, um, so Romana is captured and we're, we are obviously split up. Um, and once again, Romana, the only one doing anything. Um, well, I'm sorry. She's always, she, she as always is trying to find the segments and that's yes. just like, she's just like, we have a job to do. Let's get this done. And the doctor's like, I'm going to go look at this marsh. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, Romana, getting stuff done. Love it. Uh, and she was super sarcastic uh, when they were... T- we'll talk about that scene later. We'll talk about it later. Um, but So she had a bit of a, a King Kong sacrifice thing going on when we were getting the greatest song in Doctor Who history uh, dropped on us. Uh, <laughs> um and that fake crow monster looked pretty dumb. Um, but this real crow monster was uh, was something. Yeah. I just, I don't even, like, it took me three episodes to realize, oh, that's its eye. Yes. Like, I, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. It, and his head looked like a pecan pie. It was, <laughs> uh, it was very <laughs> weird. Um, but I thought, I, I mean, you know, got to remember, uh, late 70s. And it's a BBC budget. I thought Crow yep. looked pretty cool. Um, I liked, <laughs> I liked at the end of uh, the episodes when we had like the mini. Were there were there no notes on the mini? Uh, oh, oil rig. Uh, none that I saw. Oh, I was yeah. like, man, I, I hope there's some good notes. It looked. Pre- I thought the miniature oil rig looked pretty cool. You know, for working with miniatures, they they did a good job, and then and then you know late in the story when we get kind of Kroll wrestling with it. Yes, I um, liked it. <laughs> I, I just I, I loved any time we got like a close up of the tentacle and it's grabbing somebody. Oh I mean, it's, yes, it's, it's just cla- it's like classic B grade monster horror stuff, um, especially when you get. Like it's grabbing somebody. So of course, and I'm I'm convinced. I don't I don't have confirmation of this, but it's like okay, okay, hold on to the tentacle and now roll out of it 
and we'll just run it backwards. Yes. I mean, it kind of seemed like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I loved when it burnt the tentacle burst through the pipes. Yes. That was amazing. And just like that started so grabbing great. people. Um, yes. That was good stuff. I, I love that, that ultimately like the, um, like the, the, the swampy priest who is like, Oh, everybody pray to Cole finally just gets dragged off. Oh, Rank R- by it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. My only um, notes for him are, is just crawl over and over again. Yep. I mean, That's he was a character. Correct. He was a character that was in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he played the part that, you know, a person like that would play. Right. But at the same time, he's, he's one of those characters who is, is so, um, I'm going to say limited by his devotion to this God that it ultimately causes his downfall. I, he, I feel like yeah. that is a, a theme and a trope we see over and over in, in stories like this, not just in Doctor Who, but everywhere. Right. You know, this blind devotion and it kills you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. You know who, what character I actually just really enjoyed was Thawne. Yeah. Um, I mean, I enjoyed him up until, you know, he became a huge racist. Um, <laughs> look, let's just call it call it what it was. He yeah. Ca- he called people swampy lovers. And I, yeah. I don't like and- that term. I don't like it. And I, and I tell you, you know, seeing him on screen, I feel like I recognize. Yes, him. that's what I was uh, the entire time. I'm like, right? I know this guy and I'm just going to look him up right now. OK, look him up real quick because I didn't have a chance to. Um, but yeah, he looks so familiar. Did we watch the mind of evil? Mm. I don't think we have. I don't think we have yet because he's in the mind of evil, apparently. OK. But I'm I'm looking and I don't I don't he just looks so familiar Neil yeah. McCar- Neil McCar- McCarthy um I'm man we're just gonna do a deep wait he no oh boy you know why you know who he kind of looks like he kind hmm. of looks like um the guy from from Billy Madison the big tall guy but okay. that's not him um I'm looking at his filmography and I'm not seeing anything clash of titans oh okay he i've was seen clash of the titans he was calabos the villain okay um, but that has a lot of makeup so i don't think i yeah. would necessarily well maybe i mean what what would we recognize him from i'm i'm where eagles dwell or dare sorry where okay eagles dare um time bandits i've definitely seen time bandits the monster club shogun um, trial by combat. These are all super. Yeah, there's some really old ones. Yeah, they're old, but but he I, he just looks super familiar. Yeah, and I don't know why because I'm looking at all these movies he was in, and I don't I don't recognize him. His he's got a bunch of TV credits as well, but I mean Doctor Who is the only one that I recognize. Yeah, I'm scrolling through real quick. Oh, he is in the TV miniseries. Of the Nine Tailors, which was the book from which my name comes. Oh, huh. interesting. There we go. Interesting. Thank you, IMDb. Look at that. Um. Yeah, but I, but I mean, I I thought he did a fantastic job. Oh yeah, he was no, such he, a good villain. Yes. Um. Yeah. He just sucked, and but he was also <laughs> like very good at sucking. 
Um, yeah, he was. He was also he played in the Saint and the Avengers. So I, I may have seen him in some old all right. British TV at some point. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean he was he was a very enjoyable villain. Obviously, like I mean I have a lo- a line here that just says, "Oh, I don't hate the Swampies. I just want them removed permanently." Yeah. Uh, mm, okay. Uh, so you do hate them, <laughs> um, and. Yeah, he's just a great villain. I loved that karate chop towards uh-huh. the end. Oof, it was it was uh, a thing of beauty. It uh, was. And he I believe he just dies by getting a golden spear to the gut. Pretty much. It's just like immediately in his side. It's just like bam. Pretty much. And it, it, it again, it's it's one of those things where it's like there's that satisfaction of seeing him done in by what he clearly hates the most he yes which is i mean i hate to say it, but that that's that is there's a there is a satisfaction in that oh absolutely as always um yeah let's see here oh uh, we're kind of we're kind of uh going on let's talk about rome dutt here okay who um <laughs> my only note is he feels like a double agent i bet those weapons aren't legit uh, and they they were legit, but then wait, no, he's just a cheat. Then it turns out that he was hired by Thawne. Yeah. Um, so he is like a triple agent at this point. Not um, to mention that that one of those rifles blows up in the face of a swampy. So yes, which was um, I think I have that entirely in, legit. I have that in my vi- my visual effects. The explosion in the face was pretty yes, pretty epic there. Um, I thought he was a decent. Um, and this was another story where I think we had we had the right amount of characters that we were mm-hmm. introduced to, but it kind of felt like some of them didn't have as much oomph to them as I would have enjoyed to see, if that makes sense. Like, Thawne did for sure. Um, Rome Dutt, kind of. And then all the... I, I mean, I, I don't know what they... What are they actually called? I'm honestly not sure the swamp and i do feel kind of bad calling them swampies because i know they're using that in the in the story as a derogatory term i mean on (sighs) on tardis wikia that is what they are they are listed as a swampy we could we could call them the natives yeah maybe you know maybe i'd be fine with with either either one here yeah so then so the natives um i felt like they were kind of they were kind of too i was just kind of yeah i mean on the whole i think i think because we had like groups of them you know um it wasn't going to come across as tight as it would be if it was um the the first story in the key to time series where where like everybody it felt like we had exactly the right number of people um, it felt balanced. We had a good amount of time with each character. Um, I think because we have like a leader or two um, of the natives and then like just the group who is either fighting or following or right. um, chanting through the dope beats of the banger. Yeah. Um, that kind of dilutes uh the the strength of like the one or two characters who are supposed to stand out. Yeah. In that group, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I mean there okay. w- there was like uh the one uh native who Rome Dutt was friends with mm-hmm. who I mean like 
he's like, "Come on, help me out." And he's like, "Sorry, man, I can't help you." But I it did I didn't yeah. be- I didn't really believe him. <laughs> I didn't believe that he had felt betrayed. <laughs> it's just uh may- you know what? I bet maybe this uh this German engineered uh paint wasn't helping anyone's performance. No. That was that that note is insanity. That is yeah. crazy. Um mainly because there is a scene where it starts to rain mm-hmm. and I was like why did they make it rain? And it, and now I know because it, it wouldn't. It, they had to uh, be lit on fire for it to come off. Yeah, no, not not lit on fire, but you know what I mean. I do, I do, and it it's. Um, I mean, I love that. You know, even even the natives have their own like term for um, basically our our invading force here, the dry, dry foots. foots. Yeah. Love it. Which I think is hilarious. I think I think that's just a great uh a great name for them. Yeah. I mean speaking of dry dry foot, I guess, uh this week's episode is spot no, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> no, but speaking of, of the dry foots, um let's talk about these swamps or these marshes. Yeah. This was pretty uh I think a pretty bold choice. Um, well yeah, I mean when the TARDIS first materializes, I'm like, oh, Okay, I'm. I was. I was fully expecting the doctor to open the door, realize where he had landed, close it again, and like hop over twenty feet and be like up on the bank. And he totally <laughs> didn't. They no. literally just left the TARDIS there. Yeah, they just left it there. Um, yeah, this was a pretty interesting uh, uh, place to shoot. Um, I mean, you get uh, one of the natives gets taken by Kroll, and he's like, duh, and like falls over in the water. Mm-hmm. Must have drawn the short stick that day, yeah. On who was gonna swim around in the water? Um, but they did some. They did do some cool stuff. I did just like I don't know what it is, but I really enjoyed just the visual visual of everyone rowing around in those boats, those canoes. Uh, yeah, there's I, a there's a, a sense of taking your kayak out in the the lower marshes of the bay here. <laughs> Yeah. Except, you know, we don't have a giant sea creature in no. San Francisco Bay, so far as I know. Very true. Maybe we do. We could. We um, really but could. Speaking of sea craft, let's talk about this ultra-red hovercraft. Yes! And it, and its bonus sound effect. Oh, my goodness. This, that uh, it had. This, combined with the greatest song of all time, just makes this one of the best stories ever. It, it's hovercraft. funny because, yeah, when I think about fourth doctor stories that picture of kroll kind of up out of the water there always comes to mind yes um and while there are certainly probably far more memorable and impactful fourth doctor stories for some reason the power of kroll always comes up and is one of the first fourth doctor stories i tend to think of interesting yeah that's very did, did you was this one of the first ones you saw? No. I, I don't think so, no. I mean my first my first story was was actually Legopolis. Yeah. Um and then um because PBS would play stuff more or less in order, I went mostly into Fifth Doctor stuff and it was a while before I saw right. Fourth Doctor stories again. Huh. I wonder if it's just the um just the the image of Kroll. Yeah. That I think that's what like, it is. Oh, what is that? And that's kind of etched in your 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 mind there. Or maybe you just re- thought you were watching Land of the Lost. 
<laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. What a show. Yeah. Man, let's do a Land of the Lost. No, let's not do that. Um, no. No, God, no. We have other stuff. We have other things to do. Uh, we, we have other stuff we'd like to do that we yeah. just don't have time for. And yes. yet I keep designing things I for know. I know. It's okay. It's all right. Um, so the mar- let's talk about... There's one really cool visual effect they do in the marsh. And I, uh-huh. I, 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 you're talking about. I was just like, oh, wow. How, how did they do that? It's when um, we're just kind of looking at the marsh. It's there. We see it. And then it looks like half of the ground is just sucked under. Mm-hmm. And I went, whoa, that was super cool. I really dug that effect. I watched it like three times, actually. Nice. I was nice. like, how did they do that? So I really I I thought that was cool. Know. Yeah, it was very cool. I um, I don't know if they just had cameras rolling and just were like, well, I hope something cool happens. No, I mean, I'm sure special effects were getting into it somewhere. Like, I don't know if maybe that was like they actually went out there and built like a little platform and just let the marsh kind of cover it so they could, you know, yank. Yeah. Some plants that were stuck there down. I, I don't know. I didn't see anything on TARDIS Wiki to that effect, but it's very cool. I, I, yeah, I, it was. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I only have one sound effect note. And do you remember when the doctor has that book and he drops it into the hole, like the well? It just um, makes. No, I don't remember that. It honestly, go, go back and, and listen to it. It makes the most non-book falling into water sound I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Interesting. Can I, I've, I've got one for sound. Oh, well, um, yeah, I think we both, I just realized I didn't put that in sound, but we need to talk about this. Yes, because you just, I just saw you move down to the note that I was going to say is, is the doctor's uh, uh, sudden ability to make the most high-pitched electronic sound what? come out of his mouth. What in the world I was don't this? Know. This was just like, I don't understand why this happened and how this happened. But I mean, he he is the doctor, so I guess... But the doctor can hit a higher pitch than Mariah Carey. I didn't know if yeah. you guys knew this. It was, it was ridiculous. That was such an easy fix to get out of um, a, a very uh, clever trap. I guess I thought it was um, cool. Yeah. But let's talk about this scene because I I had a lot of fun. I thought this was like one of the best scenes in the in the entire uh, entirety of these episodes. Honestly, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone was just being super sarcastic um the doctor and romana were bantering back and forth uh rom dutt was pretty funny during it um i think this is where we get the uh (laughs) we get the line from the sarcastic line from romana in response to how they'll die she goes oh thank you it's nice to know who your friends are oh yeah yeah it's very good um yeah i just really enjoyed that scene and another thing I noticed in this scene, and Taylor, you might be more familiar with this. Hmm. These cat pins, I'm sorry, these duck pins are new, right? I, I feel like they are. What are I, these? I don't genuinely know because I don't remember seeing them in any of the previous stories we've watched for this series. I have never, ever, like, I've never seen these. 
I, I'll be curious to get into the Armageddon factor and see if he still has them. Now, I'm on Abbey Shot right now, and there's a fourth Doctor painter lapel pin, but I don't think this is it. Yeah. Because they look like... Th- no, this is definitely not it. But that's, huh. that's cool. This is cool. Also, um, this is the e- end of the license sale if anybody wants some Abbey Shot gear. Everything's yeah. half off. I believe Lauren. I'll I'll defer to her because she's in the room. Did you uh, did you buy your Abby shot? That's where you bought the jacket from, Abby shot, right? She bought um the um twelfth Doctor um uh, series nine coat. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty. I'm sorry, series eight Capaldi Prime is what I'm being told. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. It's a group effort here. So go to Abbey nice. Shot, guys. They got a bunch of stuff still still up on there. But yeah, these duct pins, man. I don't I've never seen these before. And it was freaking me out because I didn't even know if I saw them at the beginning of the episode. So I was like, wait a minute, did these just appear? Like in the middle of the episode? This is a continuity error. I man, I hope not. I've tried to look up Duck Pins um fourth doctor and I'm very... Oh, there they are. <laughs> yeah, they are a thing. Fourth Doctor hat. That's so weird. It, uh, so, the, it's it's a, it's geese, actually. Okay. Well, it's you were at least strange. in the right direction. No, they're not geese. They look like the... Do you know what they look like? They hmm. look like the duck hunt ducks. Nice. They look exactly like the duck hunt ducks. And, um, I mean, you know, I'm not a costumer. I thought they were... I was just so... I think at one point it completely took me out of the scene that I love so much because mm-hmm. I went, where did these come from? And uh, someone out there, please let us know, like, when did these duck pins make their first their first appearance? Because I don't, uh, I've never seen them. Where did they come from? Tell me, Internet. Yeah. Uh, but no, that was a great scene. I liked the design of uh, the the sunlight would make the plants move away from or the vines move away from the light and thus would stretch our heroes to death yeah they they dry up shrink and stretch them love it yeah absolutely love it it's a neat idea yeah um i'm trying to think of what else hovercraft we talked about Kroll's arm coming through the ship the great actors oh so um let's let's talk about um Let's talk about uh, John Leeson here, So, uh, who I didn't actually know was John Leeson, who was uh, Dugin. Yes. Um, I thought Dugin was pretty good. I mean, obviously, yeah. he was the only one that was like, hey, man, this is dumb. Um, but the thing that really stood out to me was he had a pretty decent death scene after he got shot. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're acting. Yeah. We're acting right now. I mean, let's let, let's be honest. You know, you you've got someone who's already part of your talent, and yeah. you're like, look, you know, I I know we just use you for your voice, but um, uh, we can't use that character. So you want to play a part? And I was in my mind, in my head, canon. I would love to know that John Leeson was like, well, yeah, but you know what? I got to have a really rad death scene. I mean, I I would love for him to be at this year's um, galley. I wonder if anyone's ever. I'm sh- I'm sure someone somewhere in the million conventions he's gone to has asked. Has I'm asked. sure, but I but I've I never personally answer. heard it. Yeah, so I I would love to be like, can you talk about uh, the power of Kroll? Just give us some stories about that. Yeah, 
Absolutely, because I feel like when we saw him at Galley last, it was all canine stories. Yes, yes, it was. So now that we are armed with this, we yeah. need John Leeson back at Cali One. Yeah, let's get him back. I mean, they they actually that was some other who news. I guess they just put out an announcement that uh, uh, they're holding off on announcements. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's a an, an announcement Not, of non-announcements. <laughs> an announcement of non-announcements. Ooh, but, but put it. But get this: the the event technically still isn't sold out. Interesting. They're like, we're really close, but there are still tickets available a full, what, three months, basically? Huh. Since tickets went on sale? Interesting. Eh, I mean, it happens. It does. It's, it's, I don't think it's a bad sign of anything. It's just, you know. Yeah. Um, sometimes things sell out quickly. Words are failing me because my brain thinks it's after midnight right yeah. now. But, um, uh, and, and sometimes... Sometimes they don't, and that's that's okay. Yeah. There there are chances for you, the listener, who don't have Cali tickets to actually get Cali tickets. There you go. There you go. Um, Taylor, I mean, we can. Uh, I don't. I don't really know if I have anything else to uh, to say about anything in this. I think I said everything I want to say. I wanted to. Well, say. I'm I'm bouncing off most of your notes because I was stuck on a plane, so I couldn't really take notes. Fair, fair. Um, I mean, I, 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 in the end, we find out Kroll just doesn't care who you are. He's just going to murder you and maybe eat you. Doesn't matter. Yep, pretty much. Um, pretty much. As a giant squid should. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I did enjoy um, that Kroll. Uh, apparently, somewhere down the line, I didn't realize that Kroll was um, a segment. I mean, I must have missed that line. I don't. Well, what what I understood it to be was that at one point Kroll was a tiny squid and consumed yes. the piece and the piece obviously affected it. Yeah. And created, you know, basically a, a giant kraken. Yes. And then once you removed the segment as as Romana did, you know, we, we get this little aftershot and here's this little like dead floppy squid on the ground. Uh, didn't the doctor remove it when he hit it with the wand? Um, yes. Was that the doctor? No, that yes. was the doctor. I'm sorry. You're right. That's okay. You're right. Yeah. He hit it. He basically just touched it with the wand and it was like, well, I'm dead now. Yeah. And I, that was a nice little fade, fade out of the empty sky to the segment that the doctor was holding. I thought that was mm-hmm. a neat little bit of camera work there, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really got anything else. I think I mentioned that that banger of a song a million times but yes and i i will once again mention please if if you are even remotely good with creating beats yes. and melodies let's work together on 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 a crawl jam that we can push yeah. out to our listeners and the world at large absolutely um did were there any uh anything we put on the duggan scale um, I don't know. Would you stick that karate chop on there? No, absolutely. I'd probably put curl breaking through the uh, pipe there on there. Okay. I, what would you, what would you rate that? I'd probably give it a. I'd give it a like. There was some surprise factor to it too. I think we gotta. Yes. We gotta add that. It, there was a bit of a Kool Aid Man thing going <laughs> on there. Um, oh yeah. I, yeah, I'd probably give it a, a solid uh, five, maybe four point five around there. I think that's respectable. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, you know, maybe I just, uh, 
I have a, a greater affinity for the, the kind of, you know, uh, articulated arms we get in some like B grade horror. I was thinking closer to a six, but that's personal preference. All right. Okay. That sounds good. And, uh, the last thing I guess would be, uh, what do we do on the uh, behind the couch scale here? Uh, quite honestly, I mean, at this point, I don't think my kids would be afraid of anything. Oh, in this story, oh, <laughs> at all. Um, if anything, Kroll is a great floppy monster, and they would be very entertained by it. You know, the one more thing about Kroll, it at some points sounded like they were like, we need to have it make a noise, like mm-hmm. like Godzilla, but we can't have it make a Godzilla noise. No, that's true. It was just very like wa- like uh, watered down uh, sound effect. No pun yeah. intended because of the marsh. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I I mean I thought this was it was it was all right. I mean I would uh, I don't think I would be like hey go out of your way to watch this immediately to anyone. But if you were already watching the Key to Time series, you know, and you want to be a completist, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would definitely rate it over uh, the Android Zatara. Oh yes, absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, so it's 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 already got to step up on that. Yeah, for sure. Well, all right. I mean, next time, Taylor, we're we we're rounding it out here. We are. We're we are literally we are between third base and home now. This is a six parter, yeah. Uh, the Armageddon Factor? I think it is. I would have to look real quick. I believe it's a six-parter while you're looking that up. It's starring Tom Baker as the Doctor, Mary Tam as Romana, John Leeson as the voice of K-9. It was written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin and directed by Michael Hayes. And it is indeed a six-parter. It is a six-parter. So we're recording this week. Let's just let the people know and also just so I have a frame of reference the 29th um is about see, when we're see. recording right 20 no 22nd Ooh, the 22nd is that gonna be a problem Ooh, yes okay comic con ah thursday friday saturday sunday and then i get back monday do we want to just push it out and just say the 29th then let's do that let's just push okay. it out so by the by the uh, uh the last week of the month folks we'll uh we'll have the that episode out just because and if we really want to maybe we could record a little mini thing uh with my doctor who experience at um at the comic con there sure we could do that so until then you can uh like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at the podcastica you can follow me on twitter at jp thrice and you can follow taylor on twitter at Blue Box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also Spotify. Just search Podcastica. Rate and review us as well. Also subscribe to us on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Uh, head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com. Buy one of our Podcastica shirts. We have very many variants of awesome, cool shirts. That Not to mention put. our Future of Time and Spaces female shirt. Yes, absolutely. Everyone should own that shirt because it's great. And also, it's true. Patreon.com slash NOTLG.com. Anything anyone donates to us, uh, uh, we we appreciate. I believe, uh, I don't know if Vince listens to this, but thank you, Vince. He just contributed money to our, awesome. our little, little podcasty network here. So we appreciate that. I, d- I don't think he listens to this, but... I'll just shout them out on all of the podcasts that I'm on, which are... St- it's all good. 
It's all good. And another thing that is all good is the Y Axes. They just released a new album. It's on Spotify. You can also check them out on theyaxes.bandcamp.com, twitter.com slash theyaxes, facebook.com slash theyaxes. They support us, so let's support them, folks. Go give them those listens because they make some sweet, sweet music. So join us again in a couple of weeks for episode 161, and we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. They're like dropping the beat in this song.